0: Bennett outside. Bennett throws late. It's caught by Fulcher. First down and more. 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! Touchdown
1: Hornets! What just happened?
2: Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ in beautiful Missoula, Montana. Join me like he does each week is the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone LeBanowitz. Stone is coming to you from his broadcast center in the Sunshine State of Florida. Stone at a conference is almost over. Last week was kind of the last week of it. Got some really great games this week coming up, but let's Just get to the action from last week. Up first, number one, South Dakota State 70, Drake 7. This is just how you draw it up. This
0: is a Jackrabbits beatdown. We figured it would be as such. But to drop 70, it's awesome, right? We saw them go into a lull against Montana State. So this was the game where they got all those kinks out. Played well. Put a lot of good things on tape. 70-7. to 7, It's a pretty awesome result for the Jacks.
2: Well, the Jackrabbits got just what they wanted out of this game, Stone. Offense rolled up 618 total yards. Defense held Drake to less than 270. They played a lot of people. Came out of it relatively healthy. And don't look now, but the number one team in the country is 3-0 and with their bye week this week. Number two, Montana State, 57. Stetson, 20.
0: So in the pick segment last week, I went with 55-7. Got pretty close here, 57-20. to But again... Very similar to South Dakota State. You just bring your lunch pail to work and you beat some ass, and that's exactly what they did against the Hatters in a spot like this. You saw everybody kind of get a piece of the cake. They all got involved. I'm going to use that phrase again. Put a lot of good things on tape. That's exactly what the Bobcats did here. Big win here, keeping their head above water.
2: No Tommy Malott, no problem for the Bobcats. Montana State dominated the line of scrimmage. 342 yards on the ground. This was the 21st straight home win for the Cats, which is the longest active streak in Division I football. Huge game this week coming up for the Bobcats as they visit Weber State. California, 31, number 3, Idaho, 17. Stone, I thought we had something here when Idaho jumped out ahead. I think we all thought we had something here with the 17-0 lead.
0: This game got really weird really fast, too. As soon as they got in the locker room, they might have gotten complacent. They might have looked around the locker room and said, yo, we might actually be doing this, and that came back to haunt them. Really not sure. Eck had some cool things to say. Thought they played really well in the post-game press conference, so you love to hear the energy. Giovanni completed like half of his passes. I think he went for 250. And yeah, I think when you look back at this game trying to find answers, you got to look at the fact that Cal led the Pac-12 in turnovers force coming into this game, and I-, I think it just turned into an FBS-FCS kind of lopsided matchup on paper, and eventually Idaho gassed out, unfortunately to see, especially after jumping out to a 17-0 lead, but hey, really good fight, and they got a big one on deck here.
2: It's not my job or yours to make excuses for anyone, Stone, but I do believe that. The back-to-back weeks against FCS opponents took a toll there in that second half against Idaho. Now, Nevada wasn't an especially good FBS team, but that's still FBS beef up front on both sides of the ball. I think you're right. Idaho looked a little bit gassed in that second half. They got nothing to hang their head about. They split their two FBS games. I think if you'd have told the most partisan Vandal fan that they would do that before the season started, they would have taken it. Number four, North Dakota State, 49, Central Arkansas, 31. I mean, let's be real with each other, Kev. We love what we're seeing from Cam Miller. He's putting
0: together a good stretch of games. Now, mind you, we have them in the poll where we have them in the poll because of their resume, right? They just haven't faced strong competition or at least stronger than what we've seen some of the other teams in the top 10 face, so we haven't been able to nudge them. But Cam Miller's about to make us. He's about to force our hand. He's playing good ball. He's really efficient. The numbers that this team's putting together offensively is scary, and I think it's back to that, oh, you know what? We're going to be quiet, we're going to keep to ourselves, and we're going to dominate. And I think that's the scariest version of NDSU. We're starting to see it right now. You're not hearing a lot of chatter from the locker room. You're not seeing anything on social media. They're not even liking, retweeting, resharing some of the stuff. They know what this is about. This is a big year for them. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. I got a lot of respect for the Bison right now.
2: Final score here was misleading, y'all. It was 35-17 Bison at the half and 42-17 at the start of the fourth quarter. A lot of those points for Central Arkansas came against the North Dakota State backups and like stone said cam miller just looks like a different guy so far this season 18 of 19 for 200 yards and two touchdowns and he added a pair of touchdowns on the ground and i agree with you stone the bison look like the bison and that ain't good if you're the rest of the football championship subdivision that's for sure number 12 sacramento state 30 stanford of the fbs 23 fbs scalp secured for the Hornets,
0: Yeah, and your upset special of the week kind of just stole your thunder right in there. I know you wanted to talk about it, but I mean, come on. Not this, me. I'm so humble, Stone. I, <laughs> I would never
2: take my own horn.
0: Come Kev, on, man. The Sacramento State team is sick with it. I mean, they're just really good. Kane Bennett's a problem. What he was able to do with his legs, that's what kept this game close. And eventually they took the lead because of his legs, because he was extending plays. He completed passes to eight different receivers. I think with him behind center, and they're not doing so much of that two-quarterback system, which I just hate, makes me vomit every time I watch. They're kind of getting away from that, and they had to get away from that to take down an FBS Stanford, a Pac-12 team. So this was phenomenal stuff from the Hornets. I expect this to continue and bode well for them in the future, especially who they have next week because uh, that's when things really count. So this was an awesome win for the Hornets, and they'll definitely use this.
2: Huge win, just like you said, Stone, over an FBS opponent for Sacramento State. QB Caden Bennett threw for a touchdown and rushed for another. Running back Marcus Fulcher turned in a huge play on a 49-yard catch and run to give the Hornets the lead with just 1.32 remaining. The Sac State defense held, and the Hornets ran out the clock. Sacramento State, all they did was win their 22nd straight regular season football game. Number six, Holy Cross 49, Yale 24. Stone, I'm not going to steal your thunder. You called this one. Maybe not in a way exactly I would have called it, but you were right, bro. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think I know what you're hinting at, Kev. I love it. I love it. But seriously, this was utter domination from Holy Cross. But when I look forward and look ahead for these guys, because they should have won this game against Yale, I think when the sportsbooks came out and posted their lines, I saw minus two and a half. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing pricing Holy Cross less than a field goal over a team like Yale? It's laughable. And they did what they needed to do, they handled business. But when you look at the rest of the schedule for the Crusaders, you can't help but eye roll. Right, All of these Patriot teams, they're going to beat up on the rest of that conference schedule, and it's going to be tough to make an argument for them from a resume perspective. Now, going into the playoffs, I expect them to get a good seating, so do
2: you, but it's just annoying that they got to play some of the schools that they have coming up next like Colgate, but that's for another day. A close game at the half turned into a blowout in the second half as the Crusaders' offense just kept scoring, and the defense shut out Yale in the second half until the Bulldogs scored a meaningless touchdown with 27 seconds left in the game, Holy Cross QB Matthew Saluka passed for 275 yards and four touchdowns, and ran for 98 and two more TDS. Wideout Jalen Coker hauled in nine receptions for a buck 24 and three of those touchdowns. I know this is going to be hard for everybody to hear coming from me, but I'm convinced Holy Cross is for real. Number 13, Southern Illinois, 26. Number 11, SEMO, 25. It was our game of the week last week, Stone, and it certainly lived up to its billing. I mean, it was a banger. Banger through and through. I guess not really in the first and second quarter it was really slow, but I did say this
0: game was going to be funky. It's how it's always played. There's turnovers, there's weird score lines, and that's exactly what you got, but you also got Nick Baker coming in clutch. 400 plus yards in the second half, three touchdowns in the second half, and the go ahead with 11 seconds left. It's just disgusting from Nick Baker. He's our national offensive player of the week. We're going to get to that, but this was the game of the week and it came through for us.
2: Dogs, man, top 10 team they're They're pretty dangerous. Nick Baker, the quarterback for the Salukis, threw for 400 yards in the- second half stone now i know you're a pretty famous former quarterback for the salukis you never threw for 400 yards and a half did you hell no yeah that's just impressive right i don't know what was said in that locker room but you know coach hill better than i do i don't know how he talks but i imagine that the air was blue around him if y'all catch my drift in that locker room and if the salukis play every week like they did in that second half the rest of the subdivision watch out Our FCS Nation Radio Offensive Player of the Week. Just like Stone said, Nick Baker, quarterback for Southern Illinois. Huge 26-25 victory over their rival, SEMO. The National Defensive Player of the Week for us, Eli Mostart. Big boy pick six against Central Arkansas. All-around great game. They won the football game. Congratulations to those two young men. And here is our FCS Nation Top 25 for Week 3. Number one, South Dakota State. Number two, Montana State. Number three, Idaho. Number four, North Dakota State. Rounding out the top five, the Furman Paladins. Number six, Holy Cross. Rising to number seven, Sacramento State. Number eight, Weber State. Number nine, North Carolina Central. Rising to number 10, Southern Illinois. Number 11, Incarnate Word. Number 12, William & Mary. 13, New Hampshire. Rising to number 14, Western Carolina. Falling to number 15, SEMO. Number 16 is North Dakota 17, Samford, 18, Montana, 19, UC Davis, and 20 is the Mercer Bears. Number 21, Rhode Island, 22, Florida A&M, 23 is Eastern Washington, number 24 is Delaware, and rounding out the FCS Nation Radio Top 25, the Chattanooga Mocs. Don't touch that dial. Stone Cold QBs is coming up next right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network.
3: I believe in every single one of you guys. Our house!
0: Protect this house! Brand new Caddy. caddy. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Each week, I go around the subdivision. I go around the country looking for some of the best quarterbacks. In this one, man, the DMs were blowing up. Catamount's nation was loud. I went and snagged Cole Gonzalez. Cole, who called game with 25 seconds remaining in a 27-24 dub against, at the time, a top 25 team, which I love in Eastern Kentucky. Cole, you're not nice. You're mean. You're cold-blooded. But nonetheless, thanks for joining the show this week.
3: Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for the opportunity. Let's get to
0: it. Yeah, and if I were to go down some of Cole's stats right there, impressive, completed 18 passes for a career high 340 to go along with three touchdown passes. But Cole, we can sit here and talk about where your game's at right now, how well you played. But instead, just tell me what the vibes are like in the facility right now. You just left practice 2-0 and in two weeks and playing really good football, five straight wins in the FCS. What are the vibes like, man? Oh, uh,
3: we're, we're rolling in the facility. The vibes are really high uh, with us in the locker room. The staff's got us going pretty well. There's not much to say, man. The we's jumping, and we're excited all around. And we're we're getting hot, and we're kind of kind of just build off each week and just get better and better. We're going, I'll tell you that.
0: A question: Hey, you guys are definitely going. <laughs> question: I always <laughs> love asking quarterbacks is about the guy who lines up to your left, to your right, behind you. Y'all's running back, Desmond Reed. What's he mean to this football team? Went for two forty, rushed for a buck seventy seven. What does he mean to the squad? He's
3: a special special player. Let me tell you that right now. Dez is one of the best all-around football players I've ever played with in my entire life and I've grown up all over the country with my dad being a coach and playing in all different states for football, but let me tell you Dez is a game changer. He makes it my job so much easier being a quarterback cuz they have to account for him and him having the ball in his hands is just something else, man. Like Our entire team trusts him. We know he's one of the best players out there on our team. And overall, by far, we think he's one of the best running backs in the FCS in the country. So he makes a phenomenal impact on what we do as an offense and what we can do as a team this year.
0: Kevin Marshall myself agree. Dez is definitely a guy who's on our radar, and we know he's an impact player. Around the entire subdivision, we like his game a lot. Speaking of game, let's talk about last week's. Now, I know you don't want to dwell on the past. You guys have a game to play this weekend, but this game might have told us a lot about y'all's football team. You specifically get picked off and give Eastern and Parker McKinney the ball back with three minutes left. Defense comes up strong against an instant three and out. And, of course, you inevitably drive down the field and find Branson Adams for the go-ahead. Just like I said earlier, cold-blooded stuff. You even hit eight different receivers last week, which is uh one of my favorite stats when I'm checking after games. Like, okay, even though I was following your guys' game to complete ball's to eight different receivers is just a feat in its own. What's working for you guys right now in this offense?
3: We're just getting the ball into our playmakers' hands, you know. With Dez and our running backs being so special back there, and them having to account for the run on defense, it's making my job so much easier to get um, our wide receivers and tight ends involved on in our offense. And we're so sound and skilled at those skill positions that I can just trust them to put the ball in their hands, and they're going to go do dynamic things for us. Like you said, we have a really special receiver core. We rotate our guys. Uh, we have veterans as such as David White, um, who's a, one of our captains, to a t- senior tight end. Two of them, Clay Bardall and AJ Bellinger, who help us a lot, knowing a lot of knowledge. And we have we might not have the size, but we got the speed and skill inside. So I will tell you that it makes it really fun throwing those guys because they can go make guys miss and get up field for me.
0: Sitting here chatting with Cole Gonzalez, the signal callers for the Western Carolina Catamounts. Cole, I gotta tell you, I love your guys' fan base. Wasn't aware about them last year, but they've definitely. Let us know who they are, where they're from, and how much pride they have in you guys. And out of all the schools around the subdivision, I think this one has a little bite to it. There are some that are noticeable household names. You guys weren't per se, but I I definitely put you in that category right now. They're loud. They care about y'all, and it seems like they knew success was coming. How much have you guys, as a locker room, taken notice to the support?
3: Oh, we've taken a lot of notice, you know. I mean, over the past couple of years, I mean, the school hasn't been where it's really wanted to be. And we know as a culture that we need to change that here. We kind of preached all your, um, back in January, that it's championship robust and the kind of the whole community and university and all the people around here that live in this area have, heard us say that since we've been preaching since the winter and they've all jumped in our backs and they know we've had a lot of guys come back because we want to go win it all and that's our whole goal you know is to go win a conference and bring it home to this school for the first time in school history for that community to hear that I think it just has brought such an impact on them and like for our first home game for Stanford you know we got delayed for six hours but we had got people in our community come back at nine o'clock at night and fill out the stands and we're screaming and loud and it just brings so much more energy to us as a team when we're out there and it gets our guys rolling so shout out to them and shout out to the fan base we have here at western
0: carolina yeah you mentioned expectations and what you just did there was open the door for somebody in the media who's interviewing you to talk more about expectations what's the ultimate goal this season
3: yeah i mean like, like i said we've had going all the way back to January from in the end of last season, we've gone by a lot of championship bus, man. And we've preached it every day and we decide, I mean, we decide our own destiny here at school, what we do, what we want to put in. Like you said, there's a lot of good teams in the SOCON. And we understand that as a, a team, but you know, like we said, we got we got to work better and better every day and push ourselves to better limits, but At the end of the day, we want to go win every Saturday, come in next week, get better and better. So we can play perfect on Saturdays, know what we're doing, play fast and physical. And at the end of the day, we want to come home in December or November. But that long drive on the way home from BMI, we would be bringing that championship back home with us.
0: Gotta love it. Hey, from the mouth of Cole Gonzalez, championship or bust. Hey, I promise I won't clip that, put that out there, give any teams bulletin board material. But personally, I love it. I think quarterbacks have to possess that energy, that confidence. It feeds the locker room, the staff giving confidence in you to go out and perform. I just want to win championship or bust a few bars that Cole Gonzalez has given you, folks of FCS Nation. Cole, Appreciate you guys. You guys are at home again versus Charleston Southern this Saturday. 2.30 kick Eastern on ESPN Plus is where you can find it. Cole, tell FCS Nation real quick why Western Carolina is a top 15 team, not a top 23 team in the country, and why is this only the beginning? You know,
3: we've seen the rankings, but we know as a team, rankings don't really matter to the end of the season. But well, we're not, we're not going to say anything, but we're just going to show the nation what we're all about on the weekends, and hopefully they'll finally understand what we're about and finally put us up there where we belong.
0: We'll go kick some ass this weekend. FCS Nation's rooting for you, bro. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network.
4: September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Every day, more than 1,000 children worldwide are diagnosed with cancer northwestern mutual is devoted to supporting the research that gives families and the survivors of cancer a better quality of life they're looking to accelerate the search for better treatments and cures for childhood cancer while also supporting families undergoing treatment and survivors struggling with lasting effects since 2012 northwestern mutual has donated more than 50 million dollars to the cause which includes more than 30 million dollars towards funding more than six hundred thousand hours of research through the company's partnership with Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. The mission of Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation is to change the lives of children through funding impactful research, raising awareness, supporting families undergoing treatment, and empowering everyone to help find a cure for childhood cancer.
2: Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks, now time for the preview segment. This is where Stone and I take a quick trip all around FCS Nation and preview the biggest games taking place in FCS football this week. Stone, there's some really good matchups this week. Conference play really heats up for some, and we got a whole lot of games to get to in a short time to get there. Let's just get to it. Up first, number two, Montana State is at number eight. Weaver State should be a whale of a game.
0: Definitely a whale of a game. There are so many games on this list that we're going to preview that could be and are eligible to be games of the week. This being one of them, I mean, this is an awesome matchup. You talk about the number two team in the country going against the number eight team in the country. Both of these teams are really stout defensively, and they're kind of boring offensively. So it makes for a pretty close score line. I think this line, when it gets posted, is going to be pretty close to a pickup. I can see Montana State being favored by about five points, but really close on paper. I'm excited to see both of these teams butt face masks.
2: I really enjoy having Stone as the co-host of this program because both of these teams, they want to run the football, throw when it's advantageous, and eat the clock and play defense. <laughs> and for a quarterback, man, that's just – those offenses are boring. Yeah, but they put up Ws, and that's the freaking point, Labanowitz. all right? But this one, Tommy Malott won't be there. He's out, ruled out by the Montana State medical staff, so it's going to be the Sean Chambers show. And Stone, maybe they've learned their lesson. Like you said, you just can't run 40 QB powers a ball game and expect to keep your quarterback upright and healthy. I expect to see them open the offense up a little bit. They're going to have to against Weber State. Number 7, Sacramento State is at number 3, Idaho. This is the FCS Nation Radio Game of the Week. You're damn right it is. This is an
0: awesome matchup, not only on paper, but on the field in between those white lines. These two teams, I mean, I mean, first of all, you just made fun of me for being an offense-first guy. I'm going to just sink my teeth in just a little more right now. You, you're telling me you can give me Caden Bennett versus Giovanni McCoy in the very first Big Sky matchup? of the season. I, I, that, that's what you can give me. I'm signing up for that all day, every day. This is awesome. What we're going to see both of these teams do is air it out. We're going to see, I, I think a lot of points in a spot like this. The over is definitely the play. I'm just so excited to see these two teams match up. There's been so much hype around Idaho and people keep questioning, why are they number three? Why are they head of North Dakota State? Well, you might find out because if they can go beat a Sac State team that just handled Stanford, yeah, you're going to have your answer why. And, and North Dakota State is not playing and has not had the resume so far that Idaho's had.
2: So there's a lot going on in this Game and a lot to pay attention to hence game of the week kev idaho needs to tackle better and i get it there was fatigue with those back-to-back FBS games last time that i'm going to mention that y'all i promise but idaho their offensive line is starting to gel a little bit it was a question mark a little bit losing some guys from last year that group looks good this game going to be one on the lines whoever can get that pressure maybe you don't want either of these quarterbacks in the pocket right if you're both squads You want them out of the pocket making plays. I think you're going to see both teams try to keep these dynamic quarterbacks in the pocket, make them read the defense, and try to pick them apart, and we'll see what happens. Should be a great ball game. And in a very important matchup in the Southern Conference, number 20 Mercer is at number five, Furman.
0: I mean, this game's going to be fun. I I think the energy in the effort level that we're going to get between these two teams, and that's not saying anything that anybody doesn't know, but that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking at a Furman team who played tough and and ended up sneaking out, dare I say, against the Kennestaw State team that played them really well, and now Mercer stepping up to the plate, traveling to Furman land, so I I love this matchup on paper. I think Mercer has a lot to prove to the country, not really to us. We're fans of them, but again, another defensive game here, but if Tyler Huff can get loose, Furman will win
2: this game, and I think that happens. Look, Mercer, like you said, they got something to prove. We've kept him in our top 25, mostly because I'm a SoCon homer, let's just admit it. But Mercer has a lot to prove. Quarterback play needs to be good. And Furman, look, they kind of used Tyler Huff as a running back last week too against Kennesaw. But I think it's important to note that the Kennesaw State team we're going to see the first four weeks of the season isn't going to be the Kennesaw State team that's going to play Uh, the rest of the season. They're going to play these guys the four games that they brought in to move to FBS, redshirt them and get up to 85 scholarships from where they are right now, which is more than 63, and so that's their plan. They had Chattanooga and Furman back-to-back weeks, and so they gave their best shot with their FBS transfer recruits building for their FBS season starting next year, and it didn't work for them. Mercer, quarterback play has to be solid. Furman's got a pretty good defense. Colgate is at number six, Holy Cross.
0: So we keep talking about this Matthew Saluka and and the fact that he dominates. I mention his name every time this team comes up. Can't help it. And now the conversation's even starting about, hey, does this kid have a chance to win the Walter Payton? I, I personally, I think he does. But the problem is he's padding his stats against teams like Colgate, against Yale. And, and I don't necessarily think it's pat-statting, but I think a lot of people around the country are. They're going to use it against him. Because think about it. They're going to win this game, Kev, by 21+. plus, right? They're going to beat up on Colgate. Saluk is going to score
2: four or five more touchdowns. And we're going to celebrate it. Mississippi Valley <laughs> State is at number nine, North Carolina.
0: God, I hate talking about quarterbacks. People probably hate me, but Davis Richard, this is the the bounce-back game for you. You guys got embarrassed. Now, you probably were going to get embarrassed all along by Chip Kelly and UCLA, but this is your chance to level the playing field, right? Get back on track, get back on road. They'll definitely do that against Mississippi Valley. I love Davius, I love North Carolina Central in a spot like this. They'll uh, win this one by a wide margin.
2: Stone, the football game was important last week in the City of Angels, but I think the most important thing was waving the North Carolina Central and HBCU flag out there. So I think that was the most important thing. Football game was important, but they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. Waved the flag, got a check, came out healthy. Get ready for your conference play and see what happens. Maine is at number 12, William & Mary.
0: Easy win for the Tribe here. We saw what Maine did against North Dakota State, and that wasn't even last week's opponent, but I I think what they did against North Dakota State is, is tape that I've been studying, that I paid attention to, because William & Mary likes to keep the ball on the ground, and it's it's their tried and true. It's what they like to do, and I think Maine is susceptible to that. So they're going to get stormed by William & Mary. I think they win big. Another wide-margin victory here for one of the squads in the FCS.
2: I don't know, man. William & Mary put up 15 points last week against Charleston Southern in North Charleston. You know, so and i know they have a reputation as being a you know the most u- unique offense in division 1 football and all that well it wasn't unique special or effective last week in the south carolina low country that's for sure they need a bounce back game they need to get right on offense maybe a home game against maine can be just that so then what are you not so sure about They can run the ball, but Charleston Southern is nothing special up front on defense. Clemson would tell you differently. Well, yeah, for yeah, Clemson would tell me differently, but what was the final score there? It was 66 (laughs) to 17. So I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's my own bias looking down at those folks in North Charleston from the peninsula. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Perhaps that's very true, but I don't look at that Charleston Southern football team and and go, wow, they're really good. I hear you. I think they're decent. But William and Mary, if they are – look, if you're the number 12 team, you can go down and struggle against Charleston Southern. Yeah. Okay, you're number 12. But where are these other people have them? In the top five? You can't be a real top five team and struggle with Charleston Southern. Mm. That's why they're number 12 in our poll. Number 13, New Hampshire is at number 24, Delaware. This one's a little
0: tricky. I I think UNH squeaks out of here, but hopefully it's not as close. And I say hopefully like I'm not a biased or, or an unbiased media member, so that's on me. But I do want UNH to win this game, and I do think they win this game. Delaware crept into our top 25. This is a big opportunity for them to sneak off a really, really good team. But I think Max Brosmer and this this Wildcat offense just has too much for Delaware at the end of the day. They're just oozing with confidence this squad. I think we see it carry over week to week. They're a tough team to beat right now, Kev, straight up.
2: The last couple of years, you knew New Hampshire was going to be able to score points. Their offense was going to be good with Max Brosmer. Delaware, tough place to play. UNH, if kind of the same boat as William and Mary, if they are who we think they are, they ought to be able to go on the road and beat a yep. decent Delaware team. Charleston Southern is at number 14 Western Carolina. I mean, it's just about time we stop picking against these catamounts and they're just going to continue I to win against them. I picked I've picked them the last two weeks. you know you mocked me last week and 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 you said that uh, a certain quarterback who we're going to talk about in the next game was going to dominate Western Shh. Carolina and show sure enough, you were wrong and it was the Western Carolina quarterback that made the plays when it mattered. But go ahead, please continue, Mr. LeBanowitz. Don't let me stop you when you're on a roll. And
0: shout-out to Cole Gonzalez. That's my man. He's now friend of the show. He played lights out against EKU last week. But to me, besides Cole Gonzalez being so damn efficient and so smart, such a really good decision-maker, it's that defense for Western Carolina. They fly around the football, and what they were doing to a team in Eastern Carolina that sometimes can get up-tempo they just played really disciplined, the classic, cliche, 11 hats on a ball, but they were fierce,
2: ferocious. Western Carolina's legit. We all know it now. Charleston Southern, good defense, evidently. Who knew? But Western Carolina, you're at home. It's Charleston Southern. You ought to handle them. Let's see. Number 15, SEMO is at Eastern Kentucky. Man, I'll tell you what. This one intrigues me, Stone, because Simo coming off that heartbreaking loss to their rival, and Eastern Kentucky could be 0-4.
0: Yeah, but for SEMO, Coach Trukowitz, he knows how to get his guys up, and that's exactly what he's going to do in this spot. So I don't think you see an emotional letdown coming out of the game, just low energy in the first quarter. You're not going to see that from the SEMO team. There's just too many veteran guys on that roster. So there's that. But Eastern Kentucky, the way they lost that game to Western Carolina, in the, in the fashion that they lost it, right, just taking it all the way down, playing good, clean ball, just not executing in the bigger moments the high pressure moments i think eastern kentucky's who i'm going with later on in the pick segment I, I haven't even decided on it yet i love the Colonels. i love my boy parker mckinney and i think these guys are going to get it done but most importantly
2: i think this is a popcorn matchup i agree you push them in the corner where they are could be dangerous for Semo. number 25 chattanooga is at number 17 samford man it seems like we're talking a whole lot about teams who we thought were going to be good in kind of make-it-or-break-it ballgames this week. Love this week's matchups.
0: Yeah, but Sanford is good, and we know they're good, and a lot of these other polls around the country from these other media members have them hanging out in the high 20s, or some of them even out of the poll. That's not right. Michael Hires is still pound-for-bound probably the, if not One, two, or three best quarterbacks in the country, and I think this is a get-right spot. They played well against Auburn. I mean, they had that thing close for the first two quarters of the football game in SEC territory. They still got what it takes. Chandler Smith is still one of the most savage wide receivers in the subdivision. I like Sanford, and I think they take a little bit of frustration out on the mocks in this spot. I love Sanford here this week.
2: Chattanooga's rebounded nicely after, quite frankly, not the best of losses to north alabama even though brent dierman has that team headed in the right direction chattanooga should beat north alabama at this point in time they just didn't do it now you have an opportunity you're ranked number 25 chattanooga you got Sanford at home who everybody had in the preseason top 10 let's see what you're made of and if you're for real number 18 montana is at northern arizona
0: And I don't have much to say about this game. I kind of want to bite my tongue, and you're the one up in Montana land, and and a lot of those people know you, so I'll let you slip up and get caught in an alley later this week. But I wasn't impressed. Ferris State's not a bad football team. Division II powerhouse, we all know that. It's not like they snuck up on Montana. They're good. I'm sure Montana staff knew that going into it, but that halftime scoreline, I I believe it was 10-10, correct me if I'm wrong. It just... It was odd. And I think for as much smack as those Grizz fans talked last week about why we had Montana right below 20 at that 18 spot, I, I think you might have gotten your answer. But dare I say that, Kev, you speak on it.
2: Look, I can run my mouth kind of reckless because, you know, I'm going to be in God's country, the low country of South Carolina, for the next two weeks. No, so you're I'm getting out be, of town. Be, yeah, you ain't going to be <laughs> catching me in no alleys. Or as they say in uh, Missoula, ain't going to catch me in the slant streets. But uh, <laughs> here's the thing. What is a good remedy for an offense that's struggling? It's called Northern Arizona. They (laughs) gave up 50 points to Utah Tech last week. Yikes. Montana, if you're going to have any semblance of an offense that looks like something a Division I college football team is going to run, here's your chance to get right, get some good feelings going, get some confidence, get some momentum. It's a long season, and – you're just not playing very well on the offensive side of the ball right now. That needs to change. Kev, is Daniel Britt a lumberjack? Yes. And look, for some of the same people who criticized us for having them at number 18 last week, they were clamoring for Daniel Britt to be brought into the ball game last season. Why aren't they playing Daniel Britt? Put in why Daniel Britt. Playing? He's oh, a lot no. better. Put him in. Put him in. He's better. No, he's not. And that's you know, that's why look, I'll engage with you. That's what sets us apart, I think. From uh, you know some of the other national people. We'll engage with you and not just block you because you disagree with us. Number 23, Eastern Washington is at number 19, UC Davis. Man, the big sky is just full of good ball games this week. The big sky knows what they're doing. They got one of the best
0: social media squads in the entire country, and I think schedule makers, too, they thrive. They know exactly what the hell they're doing. We got popcorn matchups all over the big sky. This one's going to have a lot of offense. That I'm excited for. I will be watching this game. I think the ball takes flight over 60, 70 times between these two teams. I love this for both teams. UC Davis They've been a question mark, I, I think, for a lot of our poll viewers and people who are questioning why we do what we do. I think UC Davis this week has an opportunity to prove why they're number 19 in the country because Eastern Washington, what they did last week impressed a lot of people. But here comes UC Davis. I love this game.
2: UC Davis struggled at home last week with Southern Utah. Now, Southern Utah played a pretty good ball game against the Arizona State of the FBS, but they stink out loud. So I don't know what you draw from that. I think this is going to be a very good matchup for both squads who are you where you're going to have an opportunity for one of you to take a giant step forward in davis california on saturday night it's time for us to take a quick break we'll be right back you're listening to fcs nation on the Meta radio network when i was one i had a big monster and now i
4: don't
0: Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. New segment alert. Yes, you heard me correctly. New segment alert. Honorary Captain of the Week. The Honorary Captain of the Week presented by Northwestern Mutual. Not only is Eli Mostart an honorary captain for FCS Nation in Week 4, but he's an honorary captain for the fight against childhood cancer all through Northwestern Mutual and the Alex's Lemonade Stand Initiative. FCS Nation, Northwestern Mutual, and Alex's Lemonade Stand have teamed up to not only provide content for fans of college football, but to raise awareness for childhood cancer research and to raise awareness for companies like Northwestern Mutual, a company that's been around for 165 years, actually more than that, and just to lift them up even higher than they already are. We have so much in store for you guys this season and more will be announced, of course, during the rest of the season. Eli, thanks for joining the show this week. Slow week being on a buy and I'm putting quotation marks around slow because you play for North Dakota State. All right. There ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't grow on trees. Eli thank you for joining the show and being a part of this
1: yeah thanks for having me i'm really excited to get on here and talk to you about such a great program with alex's lemonade stand and north mutual in general and i'm really excited to be on here
0: yeah i'm glad you can be a part of something so special to be honest with you you don't see many initiatives like this around the subdivision especially where fan base can get involved and we'll get to that and they can back you and your team and they are backing the foundation of course behind all of that the foundation alex's lemonade stand that was founded in 2005 eli it's raised millions tens of millions hundreds of millions that's all because of Alexandra Scott, the little princess warrior, took it upon herself to be the change when it comes to raising awareness for childhood cancer. You're a bison. People know about the bison. People know about you. I mean, you found yourself in the end zone last week. That's something else we'll get to. Early notes on the season looking dominant as ever to nobody's surprise, of course. But have you guys been able to block out all the noise and put January behind you? I'll get the annoying question out of the way.
1: Well, yeah, it sucked last year to losing that championship game. But yeah, we just put it behind us, got onto the next leaf. And uh, yeah, we've been grinding in all spring summer and fall we've been getting ready for this uh this fall season and now that we're done with non-conference we're ready to get uh, to the Missouri Valley
0: I believe you when you say that you've put it all behind you right you guys have started out 3-0 in the 2023 campaign last weekend hard fought dub over central Arkansas 49-31 in the game where I didn't really think the score was indicative of how it actually played out it was the Bison's game from the jump and Eli Mostart, who I have joining me now on behalf of Northwestern Mutual Found his big ass in the end zone. Six foot three, 290 pounds. Eli, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give the fellow big men who will never, ever know what it feels like to score a touchdown. Tell them what it feels like. What's going through your mind when that ball is in your hands and you realize, uh-oh, I got to tuck this thing. I haven't tucked a ball since I was eight years old. Take us through that play.
1: Uh, no, it was super It was super fun. The first time I've, I've got a pick or anything for a while in my life. And uh, when I got in the end zone, the fans are going insane. It was a surreal moment. I haven't been in the end zone for a very long time since high school. And no, it was a great experience. The fans were roaring and it just sent shivers down my spine. It was, it was insane.
0: Glorious stuff, to be honest with you. You were moving and I, uh, I really would have loved to see what you would have done if somebody from the offense stepped in front of you. But hey, maybe save that for another time, maybe later on down the season when it really, really counts. Eli, let's talk about your guys' squad. Not only the defensive side of the ball, but the offensive side of the ball. This is per Sam Herter, a trusted voice when it comes to covering the subdivision. He graded FCS offenses and defenses through two weeks using PFF. You guys, the second rated offense at 82 and a half and the third rated defense at 86.1. What's working well for you guys right now on both sides of the ball? Yeah, no, the
1: offense has been really efficient in, their, in the first three games. I don't think they've turned it over yet, which has been key for us, and they've been running the, the hell out of the rock, and they've been doing a great job, and as a defense, we've been flying around making plays. Uh, we need to work on our tackling still, but yeah, we've been having fun with the new unit and the new D.C., and it's been fun so far for the whole team in general.
0: Let's talk about you all signal caller, Mr. Cam Miller. More efficient than he's ever been. Last weekend against Central Arkansas goes 18 and 19. For a couple bucks, 200 yards, two passing touchdowns, and two on the ground. How have you guys followed his lead, and how important is he to getting you guys back
1: on top of that mountain? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he's been balling. He's been leading like like the guy he is. He's confident in himself right now, and we need that out of him because when he's confident, it's it's hard to beat the Bison. Because he's he's been balling, super efficient, and been feeding the ball to all sorts of guys on the Bison offense. And yeah, it's been super fun to watch him do that.
0: Yeah, I think from a vocal side, it's been cool to see on all the ESPN Plus broadcasts and Midco as well, just to see him talking, keeping that sideline up. He's a, he's a big reason why you guys are undefeated right now. And of course, our bona fide contender, the defensive side of the ball, where you hold it down there in the trenches, Jason Petrino, your guys' defensive coordinators. How has he made his presence felt? This being his first year with you guys, I mean, what's he mean? Not only to this defense, but to the squad in general.
1: He's been a great addition to our whole team in general. He's brought a new aspect to the defense, more attacking, more lively, I'd say. And he's been focusing on tackling, which we struggled at last year in general for the whole team. And we've been hoping to boost our tackling, boost our morale and charisma this year and fly around have a lot. Of- of energy cuz I don't know they're sleeping on us a little bit and uh I think we've been playing pretty good the first 3 games and we have a lot left in the tank for the the next 8
0: so just chatting here with Eli Mostart, the honorary captain of the week for the fight against childhood cancer. I know you're blessed to even hear that, to have your name next to honorary captain for a fight to end childhood cancer. I mean, what's that mean? Are you just hearing that as we reset and, and get ready to roll on more questions.
1: No, it's an honor to be a, a part of such a big program and for me to carry the baton for them for through the whole NDSU nation. It's been it's gonna be a super fun and it's it's been a, a great ride for me.
0: It's a great cause and it's been fun. Alex's Lemonade Sand Foundation is dedicated to raising money for cancer research. And throughout its years, it was founded in 2005, so it's almost been a few decades. They've raised millions. I touched on that earlier. Not tens of millions, but hundreds of millions and have changed Thousands of families' lives across the country. Eli, you are now a part of that. You talked about carrying the baton for Alex, the princess warrior who started this damn thing. It's been awesome what they've been able to do. And me and you are getting this thing kicked off. And I think there's a lot, lot more in store for us here in FCS Nation, you for North Dakota State and what you have to go in the rest of your career. And I think Alex eliminates that in Northwestern Mutual as well. I think we're all involved in this and it's going to pay dividends when it's all said and done. Eli, some more football stuff. I think the question FCS Nation has is, how invested are you guys in hoisting the ultimate prize and becoming national champs again? Like what makes this year's quest different than last year's?
1: I think it's always the same quest for the national championship, but we go game by game here. Our first goal is to win the Missouri Valley. We haven't done it for a couple of years and, We're trying to get that solely to ourselves. The national championship would be insane to win again this year, and hopefully we can get there.
0: I think a question people would pay to get the answer to would be, what is Coach Matt Entz's main message this season? When you guys walked into the locker room for summer workouts, what was printed on the t-shirts? What's he been preaching? Mm -hmm.
1: Right on our back of our our warm-up unis, we got recommit to the standard because the standard NDSU has been so high for the past 10 years, and uh, we feel like we got a little bit away from that last year, and we're trying to get back to that type of play, that physicality, that energy, and uh, yeah, we're trying to get back that type of plan, make it back to the top of the mountain.
0: Chatting with the honorary captain for the fight against childhood cancer, Eli start, Eli, enough about football. Everybody knows what the Bison are about. They're bona fide contenders every single year. That goes without saying, but Eli is a person, you're making change off the field through the Alex's Lemonade Stand initiative and through the power of Northwestern Mutual as well. I told you about Alex Scott, the warrior princess as I call her, that she walked so we could run. To be a part of something like this, what does it mean to you? It's an honor because she's done so much
1: for this cause. And I'm just the next stepping stone in it. I'm going to carry it through the NDSU uh, community and, and that foundation here. And I'm going to try to spread awareness for this cause.
0: And for people wondering how they can help you guide those people, where can they go to donate? So pledge, help them get involved, Mr. Eli. Yeah, just head over to
1: your guys' website at fcsnationradio.com, and Alex's lemonade stand will be right in front of your face, and you click on that and head over to the NDSU Bison page and donate that. We're trying to make as much money as we can for the cause, and go to NDSU Bison, not anybody else, because we're trying to win this thing.
0: You heard it from Eli. Hey, don't donate to any other school but North Dakota State. All right, Bison fans, let's get this things going. And you talk about it being a competition. I think that's one of the coolest things we have in this initiative, in this collaboration. People who want to support ending childhood cancer and raising money for research can donate and each individual fan base has an opportunity to donate to their school whatever player we have from their school on follow their lead right they'll be speaking about it you guys will be kind of endorsers the the front runners right carrying on what Alex set in place all the way back in the early 2000s that is what I think is most special but like Eli said head on over to the website at fcsnationradio.com Alex's lemonade stand is right there on the right side of the screen you click on it takes you right to the landing page you see the list of schools that we have in Involved and donate, pledge, just get involved. All the links are there to head on over to alexlimonet.org and figure out how else you can get involved in some of the other events they got going on. This is an awesome initiative, Eli. I'm glad you could be a part of it. Looking forward at your guys' schedule. There's a a bunch of other stuff to be excited about. I mean, you guys got big ones on the horizon on a buy this week, but got homecoming, not this Saturday, of course, but next September 30th in the Fargo Dome. It's going to be a 230 kick on ESPN Plus Saturday, the 30th. Like I said, Eli, good luck the rest of the way and take it easy on everybody, all right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Networks. Now time for the pick segment. Stone, I'm ready. Let's go. Number 2, Montana State at number 8 Weber State. This one's going to be fun. Cannot wait to get eyes on
0: this thing. Two powerhouses Two household names, I think, in the subdivision at this point. Montana State's going to get this one done. 31-21 over Weber State. I know that seems odd to some people. I just think the Cats have more in the run game, of course, and they're just a little more stout on defense. I think they get this one done by 10.
2: Well, Tommy Milott's not going to play. We mentioned that in the preview segment. But Sean Chambers is more than capable. We saw that against South Dakota State, Stone. And we also saw from the sideline that Montana State's got some dudes playing on the defense mm-hmm. for them. Uh, Weber State is at home, and they've looked pretty good on offense. But I just flat think the Bobcats are a better football team. Take Montana State on the road over Weber State 33 30. Number seven, Sacramento State is at number three, Idaho, and the FCS Nation Radio game of the week. Kev,
0: I think we're going to overtime here. And that's a wild prediction, right? Odds are probably very high, if not not even posted. But I think this game is that good. Idaho's going to pack the dome, and I think that's what pushes them past the finish line. Give me Idaho 33-30 to in a thriller.
2: This is a tough one to pick. Both these teams are very good football teams. Sacramento State's won 22 straight regular season games. Idaho has played extremely well since the beginning of last season. I think the quarterback play is going to be the difference. I like Bennett from Sac State, but I like McCoy from Idaho even more. Take Idaho at home over Sac State, 38-35. to 35. Number 20, Mercer is at number five, Furman. I think Mercer puts up a
0: really, really, really good fight, and at times holds a lead in this game, but I think Furman squeaks out similar
2: to last week, 28-21. Give me the purple. I've been higher on Furman so far than just about anybody else, as much as it personally revolts me that I am. But Mercer is a bit of an enigma right now, and Furman is a no. I like the known versus the unknown, so give me Furman in Greenville over Mercer, 35-28. Colgate is at number six, Holy Cross. You say, what, what game, Kev? Colgate
0: is at number six, Holy Cross. Holy Cross is going to beat him down, 42-13. I don't know how Colgate scores 13, but hopefully they can do that, but Holy Cross 42, and they'll uh, throw some of the backups
2: in. We got some jokes here, y'all, so I mean, this is not a whole lot to see here, I don't think. The Crusaders have way too much on both sides of the ball, and they'll easily brush away Colgate. Seder, 45, hey, hey nice, nice. I like that one. Satyrs, 45-13. Mississippi Valley State is at number 9, North Carolina Central. Do
0: your thing, Davius Richard. Here we are. We got eyes on you, as we always do. We love watching you, fan of the show. We're going to get you on here, the Stone Cold Quarterback segment, at some point this season. We love this Central squad. I think they
2: beat up on Mississippi Valley 45-10. to Eagles need a get-right game after what happened in Los Angeles last week, and that's exactly what they've got in Indianapolis over Mississippi Valley State. Take the Eagles 45-17. Maine is at number twelve. William and Mary. Not much to see here, y'all. I think the Tribe get out of here thirty to seven over Maine. The Tribe struggled with a capital S on the road last week in North Charleston at Charleston Southern. I believe they'll get their stuff in a pile on the offensive side of the ball this weekend. And I mean, in the CAA, stone maybe the remedy for a struggling offense is a home game against Maine. Tribe, win, 31-17. Number 13, New Hampshire is at number 24, Delaware. This one's similar to Mercer Furman because I think
0: Delaware early on is going to jump out to, what, a 7-0, 10-0 lead and make UNH sweat. But offensively, they'll find their groove in the second half. And I got them coming out of this one,
2: 28-21, UNH. A night game at the Tub in Newark? Yes, please. That's on my bucket list of FCS football. That place is a notoriously tough place mm-hmm. to get out of there for the win. But I believe the Wildcats and QB Max Brosmer will do just that. Take UNH on the road over Delaware 30-27. to 27. Charleston Southern is at number 14, Western Carolina. All right, Catamounts, you are on the clock.
0: Two back-to-back weeks being in the spotlight, putting the country on notice. Well, you're going to be tested with the Charleston Southern team who's feisty, who likes to muck games up and kind of just turn it into a, an ugly battle. I think that's what they try to do here, and I think the
2: score line is close, but give me the Catamounts 30-27. to 27. The Buccaneers' defense played great against William & Mary last week. But the Catamounts have something that William Merritt Mary just doesn't really have, and that's a huge down-the-field threat in the passing game. And they can really stretch the football field. And the running game with Desmond Reed is excellent, too. So you pick your poison there when you're playing Western Carolina. Long story short, too many weapons for Western, and the game is in Cullowee. Catamounts win 27-13. Number 15, Simo, is at Eastern Kentucky. I'm doing it again. Here comes Parker McKinney for the Colonels. They're going to win this game.
0: Now, I spent all day deciding on who I was going to pick and what the score was going to be. In the back of my head, I always knew it was going to be EKU. I love Parker McKinney in a big spot like this, and I think they win this ball game, 28-20 to over SEMO, a disappointing loss for the Red Hawks, but an awesome and much-needed win for the Colonels.
2: I totally agree. This is a huge game for both of these teams. SEMO lost in dramatic fashion to the rival last week, and EKU got beat at the end of the ballgame by Western Carolina. And the Colonels are staring at 0-4 in the face. And this Eastern Kentucky team is desperate and dangerous. This is my upset special of the week. Take the Colonels at home over SEMO 30-27. Number 25, Chattanooga is at number 17, Sanford. I think Sanford doubles Chattanooga's points in this spot. 42-20. Give me the
0: Bulldogs. Michael
2: Hires, have a day, sir. I expect this game will be close. Hard fault and come down to one of the last couple of possessions. We're going to find out if Sanford is for real. This game will go a long way towards showing me. I thought I knew it, but now I'm not quite so sure. If you want to win the SoCon and get to the playoffs, you've got to beat the Mocks at home if you're Sanford. I believe they can and they will. Take Sanford 35 31. Number 18, Montana is at Northern Arizona.
0: This is going to be my staple score line for these games in these lopsided matchups all season long in the pick segment. Give me Montana 55-7 over the Lumberjacks.
2: The Grizz offense struggled last week against D2 power Ferris State. The Lumberjacks gave up 50 points to Utah Tech. Man, that's a that's a bad combination for the Lumberjacks. The Grizz roll here. Montana wins, 45-13. Number 23, Eastern Washington, is at number 19, UC Davis. I talked
0: about there being a lot of points in this game in the preview segment. I still feel that way, but maybe not as confident now that I think about it, but I still have UC Davis squeaking out of this one, 38-35 and what's a really fun game. I know that's a lot of points, but I
2: just feel it. That's not a lot of points if you followed the big sky historically (laughs) stone so that's that's a moderate amount of points if you're looking at big sky conference history but the eagles have looked much improved davis got a lot of preseason hype especially at big sky media day when the coaches voted that all of us in the media were sitting around going well okay then maybe they know something we don't but this is a huge game in the big sky and if it was in Cheney, I'd be picking Eastern Washington, but it isn't, and I'm not. Take UC Davis at home over Eastern Washington, 35-28. That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is co-hosted and produced by Mr. Stone LeBanowitz. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. And like I always do, y'all, would like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week. So long, everybody.